The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome into episode 9 of the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is going to be our training camp preview. Everything Dallas Cowboys all the time with training camp starting today. Boys, it is football season. Ain't no better time of year, right? Man, it's great. It's a little too hot for football season, but man, it's here. I love it. I thought about this yesterday. It's like we survived. We survived the dead period between end of football and start of football. Let's go. Every year it seems like there's six months where you're just like, can we just get there already Wimby kind of got it helped us get us a little through. bit a little bit i think so plus good rangers and astros teams always help yeah well you heard them there it's uh the full crew today don harris back chuck mccutinic back from his vacation chuck how was your time off it was really great three ballparks in three days a bunch of states play lots of driving play some golf i don't know if i would say playing golf it was more like work golf but i had a really <laughs> good time someplace called Peavely farms Outside of St. Louis. Very nice track. What's the best, like, Bucky's-type place that you visited on your trek? Bucky's is pretty solid. I mean, at least you can count out for clean cans. It's always yeah. important <laughs> when on the road. Cleanest bathrooms are Yeah. And then it's pretty much hit or miss. Any good grub? Did you guys stop in Kansas City, mm. get any barbecue or anything? No barbecue in Kansas City. We literally just drove into Kansas City, watched the game, and then drove from Kansas City to St. Louis right after the game. So not a lot of time spent. Yes, in Kansas City, although I did get a chance to – I went to eighth grade in Leavenworth, Kansas. And oh, yeah. wanted to go see how that town had aged over the last 45 years, and I must say not well. <laughs> that was, of course, when your dad was imprisoned in Leavenworth? That's correct, yes. He and Mike Vick spending some time in club fed. And yeah. Sorry to good, everyone. It was a good year. Everyone in Leavenworth, Kansas. Best, best uh, of the three stadiums, best of a ballpark grub. Arlington. Really? really? Yeah, it's not even close. It's always hot, always warm. They do it really well. St. Louis isn't bad, and Kansas City isn't bad either. But if you're asking which one was the best, Arlington. for sure Arlington. Best ballpark experience, St. Louis. And then I'm always partial to Kansas City because that was the first big league ballpark I'd ever That's been cool. to. That's cool. And it's aged well, too. I think so got the fountains out there? Yeah. Yep, and good fans. Architecturally, it's Kansas City view of the skyline and stuff st louis for sure because they have the, it's literally the arch right in the background it's beautiful they actually have apartment buildings right there called like i think it's ballpark apartments yeah the top floor is like twenty five thousand dollars to for an apartment there because it literally overviews the stadium it's ridiculous just like the tower of the americas is going to overview center field of the new baseball stadium that sits in the uh Institute of Texan Cultures lot. We're not getting off topic here. All right, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump right to it. Above all else, what do you guys think is the most important thing to watch here as we go into Dallas Cowboys training camp starting today? Man, there's so many. I got a bunch of them that are kind of equal. I'm, I'm kind of, this is really weird, but I, I'm kind of looking at how Dak processes the new play calls from Mac and, and and runs it by himself with all the – you know, he's going to have like four or five options on every play. And I'm really interested in Jalen Tolbert. I know that's way into the weeds, but we know C.D. Lamb's going to be great. We know Cooks is fast. 
We know, you know, Gallup is coming back, and Gallup's going to be really good again, I think. But I, I think that Tolbert was so bad as a rookie that he, he has a huge jump to make, and I think from what we're hearing, he he might make it. And so I'm, I've got to look at that receiving core and Dak. Uh, but there's so many that are right there equal with it. Yeah, and I like what's going on or not like. It's not a right, the right word. Just the offensive line in general. It seems like for the last, what, decade or so, it was pretty much plug and play. That was one position or one grouping, I should say, that you really didn't have to worry about. Now it's, you know, what's the status with Zach Martin? Is Tyron Smith going to stay healthy? You know, are they going to be moving pieces around? Is Terrence Steele healthy and all the way back? Who's going to be the swing guy? Are these guys starting at one position at the beginning of the season? Do they end up someplace completely different because of attrition? I think there's so many moving parts. I think the Cowboys have done an amazing job in making sure that all these guys can play two or three spots. But it's just not as much plug and play as we've seen over the last however many years. True. For me, it's going to be interesting to see how the Zach Martin stuff unfolds. I told you, Drew, last night. I think that's a lot more, a lot bigger of a deal than people are making it out to be. Yes, we see veterans hold out all the time because they don't want to participate in the preseason. I don't think that's who Zach Martin is. It's not like an Emmett Smith situation where he's going to miss the first two weeks and then get a big deal. He just wants a little bit more money. The problem with that is you have three, pe- three people in line and a fourth that needs a restructuring already. So it's going to be, I think, the main storyline that I'm interested in seeing play out is how are they going to move around this money with Trayvon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Terrence Steele, and Dak's contract. Zach Martin will start at guard on opening day, and I think that's the only thing that matters, and I could care less if he participates before then. But is he going to be making $21 million, or is he and taking that money possibly away from another contract? No, I think, I, I think they've, they've been pretty clear right now of who they're prioritizing, and they should. they got to prioritize, in order, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs. Parsons is not up yet, but they have to f- start planning for that. And then Diggs and, and uh, C.D., they want to do this summer. Those guys are the future. Zach is a little bit of the past, but he's very much the present. He's been so loyal. He's restructured five years in a row. They're not going to make him unhappy. This is just the way they play it, man. Training camp, boy, Chuck, remember all those day, those years in Austin where it seemed like the guy, the player would be would fly into Austin, would be sitting somewhere waiting for Steven to get the deal done, and then he'd be at practice in the afternoon, but he wouldn't be at practice in the morning. Those things – Never get done till they absolutely have to because every nickel matters and the Cowboys are, are you know, some cap guy is figuring out how much they're going to give Zach. They're going to they're going to give Zach his money or some money and work with him. He's been loyal. He's been a loyal soldier. And maybe maybe Zach just wants to miss training camp because who wants to go to training? Yeah, camp? I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation starter because did we really think Zach Martin was this guy that potentially would not get on the team plane, not do what was asked of him. You know, even position switches at his stage of his career do it seamlessly, I might add. But, yeah, I don't know that I saw him as the guy that's already making roughly $14 million a year, but because there are certain guys making $20 million a year at his spot that, you know, is he that guy? Is it his agents doing this? Is he realized, you know, look, I have bent over backwards and – the things that I do do come at a price. I just never thought Zach Martin was 
that guy. Who gives a damn? I mean, if you're a regular guy like us, the difference between 14 and 20 million if you want to win, right? I mean, I don't know that I would be that guy, but maybe I would. I just didn't see Zach Martin being that but guy. See, potentially, he's, he's but, looking at his mortality. He's 32 years old. Sure. And he's he's been the best at his position in football for, a for long years. Time. And every single year for the last five years, he's restructured and given up money to help the team, knowing that he was going to get it on the back end. Well, it's time for him to get it on the back end. And I thought he was, for this one this year coming up, he was going to make seven. Yeah, it is. It's it's a low end year. Yeah, he's got. Four, I think he has fourteen million this year, and he's seven below Corey Lindstrom yeah. and uh, Quentin Nelson. And I think his base is like one point seven or something. Yeah, really, it bad. all came in a signing bonus. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who knows? They show up today. If Zach Martin's there, maybe it's. I mean, right. it's one o'clock on a Monday, and they show up here this afternoon. Yeah, he's there like by maybe tomorrow. Maybe yeah. he's there tonight. We don't know. But I I, I do think it's not nothing. It's I, to me, it's something. Don, oh, it's something. It's something. But they just. We've seen this movie a hundred times. We saw it with Emmitt Smith missed the first two games. Uh, I don't think this Super is that, though. It's, it's not that. Yeah. But I, I think he'll be in the lineup on opening night. And, you know, with a guy who's got eight Pro Bowls and is this many years in, these guys sometimes just want to miss training camp. Yeah, I mean, and this guy, I mean, again, his longevity. I was looking at it last night. He's played nine years already. He's only missed eight games. I mean, what a stud. But you look at the you look at what this team needs, and they need that continuity because what that's one of the things they were missing last year is the timing of everything. Part of that had to do with how shuffled up that offensive line was. Didn't know if Tyron Smith was going to come back in December, which he ended up doing. How many games was he going to miss? Tyler Smith was a rookie. Terrence Steele got hurt at the end of the year. Tyler Biotish is a workhorse, but he can only do so much at center. Like you need especially on the offensive line, you need everyone to have that month of practice. And I think he's sending a message to the team like you guys have taken me for granted, right? Let's say, like, Zach Martin's the one guy we don't have to worry about. We got to sign Smith. We got to do this. We got Terrence Steele. We got all this guy. We got T. Uh, hey, I'm over here. I'm the <laughs> nine-time Pro Bowler who's been working with you for five years in a row to give you money to do all this. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Stuff. Hey, hey, hey. Don't forget about me. It's one of my favorite stats is that he's a nine-time Pro Bowler and has seven holding calls. In his career. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, let's get to something I got written down here on the rundown. I want you both to finish this sentence. Chuck, we'll start with you. Training camp is successful if? They come out of it healthy. I mean, obviously, you cannot have a season-ending injury to one of your big guys on offense or defense. And I think every year it's the same refrain. Can you survive training camp? Because now, especially with the added game to the NFL season, I mean, it really is a baton death march in terms of – how many guys you can keep healthy. Training camp is the last place you want to see anybody go down. To that point, I was downstairs with you guys last year when uh, Tyron Smith went down, and we were watching We were watching the injury, and we are like, oh, that doesn't look that bad. Torn triceps. I mean, he, 
you can't yeah. you get you can't get hurt in in the training right. camp. We James saw it today. Washington too. I mean, we saw it today. Naheem Hines for the for the Bills went down because of a jet ski incident. Like you, oh my God, you just can't have these things right before the season starts. Right. Or the non-contact injury when somebody just tears a knee, just doing right. nothing. James right. Washington last year just yeah. comes down awkwardly trying to make a catch and. And yeah. I, I, you know, those, those are going to happen. Some of those are going to happen. They can't happen to Parsons, Dak, CD, Pollard. I'd, I'd argue, I'd argue Tyron Smith or Zach Martin or Biotish either. I, I'm, I'm fully planning on Tyron Smith not playing very many games. <laughs> Tyler Smith, on the other hand, maybe. Yeah. All right, uh, Don, finish that sentence. Training camp is successful if Michael Parsons is alive. <laughs> Uh, and Michael Parsons and what Chuck said, basically, Michael Parsons, Dak Prescott, those guys are healthy. All right. Well, let's get to what position group are you guys watching most closely? For me, I think I've made it very clear. I'm watching the offensive line and how they and how they mesh, and I'm watching how Dak meshes with the receivers as well because it's going to be interesting that dynamic. But Don, what about you? What what position group are you watching most closely as we head into defensive the line? Game? You know, um, there's been all this talk that Dan Quinn is voodoo doctor this offseason and Micah Parsons has hinted that oh we got some stuff up our sleeves we might play four defensive ends you know and and they're going to move him all over the place they drafted a big kid up front so um you know it's easy to say and I already did that the wide receivers is running backs with Pollard and and, and offensive line with all that plug and play but to me I want to see just how creative Dan Quinn gets with all this new athleticism that he has yeah, it's offensive line for me, too. Yeah, I was going to say, Chuck, before we get to you, Todd Archer just tweeted ESPN uh, reporter for the Cowboys, or Cowboys reporter for ESPN. Zach Martin is not on the Cowboys chartered flight to Oxnard, just FYI. So, okay, offensive line for you as well, Chuck? Yeah, and I think it's just because I feel like the organization has done everything it can to put itself in the best place possible given how long the season is. I mean, I think I've said this before. When McCarthy was in Green Bay, they enjoyed a lot of health up front, and there wasn't a lot of guys that they had to plug and play and keep moving. I mean, if you can keep that group healthy up front, you look at the teams that are standing at the end of the year, it's usually the teams that have multiple games with guys. You know, the continuity is there, and they played week to week together. However, you shorten that up and – you know, make it into a quick sentence. But I don't know that the Cowboys had the same group of five playing up front all year, more than maybe two weeks mm -hmm. at a time. I mean, so they've made guys learn other positions to try to counteract some of what's going on. And I'm just fascinated by how many of these guys seem to do it pretty, pretty seamlessly in terms of how they were able to adapt. They all adjusted really well last year, being able to be moved around the offensive line. But in a perfect world, it's Tyron Smith at left tackle. It's Tyler Smith at left guard, Biotish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele the entire year. I thought they were talking about using Steele as a non-starter, as like a swing guy. It might, they right? might be, but it's, it's going to depend on his health too, how, yeah. how fast he can come back from that injury. How much money they give him too. Yeah, right. Um for you guys, what will be, what will prove to be at least the most impactful offseason addition? You know, we had Stephon Gilmore, you had all the rookies, Overshone and Mozzie Smith, and then you had Brandon Cooks on the offensive side, also losing Dalton Schultz, getting Schoonmacher. For you guys, one player who's going to make the biggest impact for the Cowboys? To me, Brandon Cooks. I mean, mm -hmm. watch this guy play a lot. You know, I think 
there was a curiosity factor early on in his career. Why is this guy switching teams so often? And he's just been that guy that other teams have coveted. I mean, it's certainly not because of his mental makeup, his social makeup in terms of his ability to communicate and make others better in the room, be a good teammate. This guy's really, really good. And, you know, I went to three OTAs and a mini camp, and I'm not 100% convinced that 13's all the way back. So I think that, you know, I think Brandon Cooks might end up being the number two guy at receiver, and then we'll see what happens with Gallup, if he can come all the way back. But I'm not convinced that he's the same guy that he was before the injury. Not yet. And I think you're exactly right. And I think getting Cooks is the Cowboys' way of saying exactly that. They don't think Gallup's all the way back either, no matter what they say. I think they're hoping that Tolbert really asserts himself um, – and I was I was going to say the exact same thing. His speed, Cooks' speed is something that Dak was, you know, his eyes were opened in the OTAs and the minicamp. I think he's really looking forward to having that kind of deep threat. So I think it's going to be interesting who fills that Noah Brown role as well, the, the kind of third down role, someone who can just get open, and I think that can be Michael Gallup. I have another question written down here. It's who has the most to prove, and I think it's Gallup. Gallup has to prove that he's worth the money, and he has to prove he's worth more money than he has, he's making right now. He flopped last year. I think we all chalk that up to not being 100% from the injury, but if he flops again this year, his days as a Cowboy are done. 100%. I mean, there is a lot to prove there. You hope that the injury isn't the reason that it would come to something like that, but you know, it's a fickle game. I mean, it's literally second to second with these guys. And, you know, everybody's pulling for Michael Gallup, I think, if you're a Cowboy fan, because he's such a great person. He's such a great ball player before he got hurt. And he had moments last year, but it's the rigors of the 18-week season. It's a long year. And, you know, again, I'm pulling for him. I just I just didn't see it earlier this year with my own two eyes. And will he get enough looks his way with what we're hearing about CD and just how – unbelievable he's his growth has been i mean they're talking like cd lamb as being you know best one of the best players in the league yeah i mean i see what you guys mean with with the brandon cooks thing maybe being the most impactful i think it's the other big addition that they made though and stefan gilmore if stefan gilmore can be 90 percent of what he was at his peak that makes people that makes quarterbacks have to look at trayvon diggs and the best and worst parts about trayvon diggs is that he goes to make plays if he can maybe get some yeah. more looks Maybe he'll make a few more plays. Maybe that's a couple more interceptions, a couple more pick sixes that gets the offense back on the field. That's just that's just me, though. I think yeah. Stephon Gilmore is going to be a huge impact on that on that team. Yeah, I mean, I think he's on the back end of his talent level. But I mean, they need still, one or two good years yeah. from him. Yeah, one. Yeah, no, really. one, really. Yep. Um, what storyline that we're coming into – uh, into this training camp, do you guys think is much ado about nothing? We got a lot of them. We got Pollard. You got Dak. You got Zach. You got uh, the re-signings. You got all the things we've already talked about. What do you guys think is kind of much ado about nothing as we come in, or do you? You know, I think Zach Martin. I think he's going to be fine. Like I said earlier, that that'd be one one A for me would be this huge over over amplification of the Mike McCarthy calling the plays. I think. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of the same stuff 
we're just going to see smarter calls in critical situations where Kellen was a little guilty of junking it up and being frivolous in big key situations where I think McCarthy wanted to give him the reign to make those calls, but it was probably listening in the headset going, oh, what are we doing? And I think that's why he ran him off. And and I think I think they're going to be a little more responsible in that situation. I think for me it's the Dak has got to cut down his interceptions. I think he will. I mean, I think this is going to be an offense that's more tailored towards what suits Dak best. And, you know, just looking at the interceptions last year, I mean, there was a good number of those that were tip balls and, you know, guys dropping balls that were right in his hands. And, you know, certainly he's the quarterback. He throws the ball. And I'm not saying every time he threw an interception it wasn't his fault. Clearly, you know, <laughs> some of them were. But I just think that it was an anomaly year given his track record of protecting the football. So I think that'll be a storyline that hopefully will quell here pretty quickly. I think he's I think made it pretty clear he's – we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not going to happen. I think he got a good sense of that in in uh, the OTAs. They both go together, both of those points. I mean, I think if McCarthy's play calling's fine, then Dak's not going to probably turn the ball over, and if he does, then that's a Dak problem, and it's not a McCarthy problem. But I agree. I think the McCarthy calling the plays is just is a little bit overhyped. People change play callers all the time. They I think the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs have have Andy Reid, but they've changed their they're going into a different offensive coordinator as well as much as Andy Reid's involved in the offense. The Eagles, they're changing offensive coordinators as well. Play caller might be the same, but in in Nick Sirianni, but they things change. And I think that uh McCarthy has the the wherewithal, the knowledge, the experience to to make that change and he'll be fine. Uh I talked about my player that I think has the most approved. Do you guys agree it's Michael Gallup or do you have someone else in mind? I'm good with that. I'm good with that, too. All right. You guys are making it easy on me today. Uh, Tony Pollard it has been a storyline as well. This is going to be the first offseason – or first training camp, excuse me, in seven years coming into eight without Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard now the unquestioned number one back. You got guys backing him up like Deuce Vaughn, Rojo, Ronald Jones, and Malik Davis. My, I am concerned that Tony Pollard can't – can't wear down or is going to wear down and can't withstand 20 25 touches a game yeah I mean I think that's fair but will he get those I mean especially during the regular season I mean if he goes from 12 carries a game to 15 carries a game and then maybe gets one more catch I mean I think that's kind of what you're looking at at least during the regular season now once the playoffs start that's going to totally change. I mean, I think you got to ride your best players once the playoffs start. But I think they're going to spread it around as much as they can. They're going to be very judicious. I mean, again, this guy plays a whole year, looks great, and then in the playoffs he gets tackled from behind and then suffers a nasty injury. I mean, that's 
that's what you're looking at every time a guy touches a ball, right? So I don't think that there's going to be like this monumental push to get him 10 more carries a game. Yeah. I mean, it's just guys aren't built to take those kind of that kind of punishment anymore that many weeks. I mean, it's they're going to be judicious with what they give him, and I think it's just going to be a matter of two or three carries more per game than what he got last year. And it's not um – you know, uh, Zeke was the number one back last year. How many more carries, touches did he get than Pollard? Not many. You know, I don't think yeah. – so I'm not sure Pollard gets that much more than the combination of of Davis, Jones, and Vaughn. I, I think the way they're going to use him is the way they've used him. He's tougher than people think. He, he's better in the trenches than people think just because he's undersized. And I think if it's third and goal from the – one, dude, I like Malik Davis too. He 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 runs hard and he's got a little more size. I I think they'll spread it around. I don't, I don't see I don't see Tony. He's not going to be Earl Campbell. He's not going to get thirty five carries a game. Zeke got approximately three more touches a game than Pollard did. Yeah, Zeke got fifteen and Pollard got twelve ish. I can see Pollard. I can see Pollard with fifteen or sixteen, and these other guys combined. I think, they're, I think they're going to treat Malik uh, Davis as they did Tony Pollard last year and make him the number two. We've seen Rojo get benched in two, three separate teams now, I think. He got benched with the with the Chiefs and the Bucks both. So I, I don't expect a lot out of Ronald Jones this year. I think Deuce Vaughn and, and Malik Davis will, will have a big impact. And I like Davis potentially Potentially take over for Pollard next year because we know that running backs don't make yeah. any money and Pollard's going to want some money after this year. Not only – don't make any money given what they do, but they don't get jobs either. I mean, no. this is a it's a really weird time for these guys. Two point six five years is the average career of the running back. It's the lowest of any position. Yeah, we don't have enough time on the pod to discuss all the problems with the running back position in that landscape as they just went through their own Zoom this weekend, uh, coordinated by Austin Eckler. But all right, last thing I got on here is. Um, is Jerry Jones going to get a deal done with Trayvon CD and Terrence Steele? And if so, who's the most important of those three? If you're asking me who the most important is, I'll say CD Lamb. And um, I think his ceiling we haven't seen yet. I don't think Trayvon Diggs will ever have the rest of his career the numbers that he had two years ago. Uh, I think that was flukish in some ways. I mean, he's a great player on the ball. But those interception numbers were just insane. I think C.D. Lamb is going to be the best player on the team other than Parsons going forward. So I think they got to lock him up. I think he's the priority. I think they do get these done. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they get all three of them done. I mean, again, they've been really good playing with the math every year, kicking the can down the road, you know, worry about this five years from now and start worrying about restructuring and all those kinds of things. Yeah, I think CD, obviously, I mean, given what we don't know about Pollard coming back, I mean, obviously he's going to be the focal point on a lot of teams, the opposition, I mean, to try to stop the Cowboys' offense. And then I think Terrence Steele, just because, you know, you're not going to pay him $85 gazillion a year like you're going to have to pay these other guys. And then, you know, Trayvon – he sure does make plays. That's what separates him from 95% of the other DBs in the league. But are you getting other things from him too? So it's going to be interesting to see how the math works out for him. You know, what is he truly worth? I'm not, you know, I'm not a math guy amongst many <laughs> other things. But, you know, I would think it'd be CD1, Trayvon2, 
Terrence Steele three, but maybe you could flip Terrence because I think Terrence would be easier to sign than Trayvon Diggs. I agree with you guys um, mostly, but the reason for CD is because I would want to lock him up now because I think he's going to have a monster year. Yeah, he's going to have a ridiculous season. I would be drafting. I will be drafting him in the second round of my fantasy drafts. Does he, does he have any? Uh, reason to not want it to get it done to like bet on himself i wouldn't get it if i was i was just about to say that if i was cd lamb i wouldn't want a contract right now i wouldn't want to wait till after this year because i think the with brandon cooks now in tow that takes some of the coverage away because you have to cover over top he's going to be wide open for those 15 17 yard digs over the middle and he's going to have plenty of room to work with so if i was cd lamb i wouldn't even want to resign right now i'd want to wait till next off season because you also you never know who else is going to sign i mean i think Devonte. Adams is making the most money right now for a receiver. Jay Jettas is going to get some too. So I would want to wait until those guys get theirs and then be like, give me a million dollars on top of whatever the most highest paid guy is getting. And that's what I'll take, especially after he has 130 catches this year. Yeah, you can let somebody else set the market. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anything else from you guys when we, as we go into training camp? We got, we got football season starting right now. Seven weeks, I believe, until opening night. It's hard to believe, right? I'm just like I said. I'm just glad it's here. I mean, it's it is a huge void. I think we've all done a better job of making football a 12 month a year sport. But there's nothing like practice. There's nothing like this time of year where you know to beat a dead horse. Hope springs eternal for mm -hmm. every team in the league. And doesn't matter just at the pro level. I mean, it's college and high school too. You know, so it's just a fun time of year, and it's fun to tell these kinds of stories this time of year, and you kind of get to know these guys and then ride the whole season, the whole story that's going to play out, and, you know, you hope you're there at the beginning so that you can write a really nice story at the end. I'm not going to, but I'm tempted, tempted to buy the Cowboys as a contender. You know, they always trick you in the offseason. Oh, Look at Zeke and Cabo. He's in shape. Oh, they found the secret sauce now that they're, McCarthy's calling the plays. And, and it never, it just, it's a sales job by Jerry Jones, and he's just hoodwinking us, right, every year. So I gave up a couple years. I'm not buying it. They're going 8-8. Eight and eight. But this year, something is getting me to, to buy stock in a man. I'll tell you what, this team could go 13-4, and four, beat the Eagles twice, and win the division by three games. If they don't make it to the conference championship game, it's a fail season. I'm with you. I mean, at some point you got to make a move, right? This is, you know, we've been under the McCarthy era here long enough. It, it would appear that they've got talent at every place on the field. You know, I know the division's tough. I know the league is tough, you know, and you need some breaks. You need some good fortune, but – I'm with you. If it's still second round and out and really an embarrassing performance by the offense in that second round bow out. I mean, if you're if you can't prove that you're one of the best teams in the league and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that means Super Bowl or bust, but, you know, at least if you're going to get to the second round, you've you know, you're talking about a possession here or a turnover here. Something yeah. that makes you look like they're yeah. making a leap forward. I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust, but I do think it's like you got to win at least a playoff game. And I think it's disappointing. It's a disappointing season if they don't win at least eleven. For for me, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's what it looks like on paper. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year. It always is with the Cowboys. Till Dak throws a pick six with two minutes to go in the NFC Championship game. Oh. Yeah, he's gonna throw. He's gonna throw his fair share. I, we talked See, about it last I week. I was leaving here in a good mood. Now all of a sudden, it's like, ugh. 
unless he throws uh, it unless he throws it against your Packers, right? I don't think we have to worry about them. <laughs> season. It won't happen. <laughs> You're not feeling the love? No, so to speak. I'm I'm kind of glad where they're at. I mean, it's it's good. They're young. They're trying something different. It was time. They should have done what they did well over a year ago. Do you root for the Jets? Mm, I'm not pulling against the guy. I mean, he won yeah. a lot of ball games for us. Yeah, so, yeah. That's fair. you know, I think it's like anything else. I mean, I'm at the point in my life where it's less about the logo and it's more about the dudes, and that's why. Should, it's should, hard to hate the Cowboys. they got a good room. Shouldn't we do at least 30 seconds on the Titans ripping off the Oilers throwbacks? <laughs> I love it. Everybody's I, mad. Oh, All those are great. People are mad. I thought you were going to be bad at, or be should, mad about they those. They shouldn't be wearing the Oilers throwbacks. I don't, why? Why not? Why not? They're the, they're, that love you blues are beautiful. Yeah, that's, like, that's like OKC getting yelled at for wearing the Seattle Supersonics throwbacks. Here's, it's a little different, though. When they moved to Nashville, they wore those uniforms two years uh, before they changed their name. and, and, and I, they, they embraced the, their old culture. They're sexy uniforms. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, they are. Can't go wrong with baby blue, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can all agree that Broncos country, let's ride. Um, we will be back on Thursday with a report from our Cowboys reporter, Zach Hedrick. They have made landfall in Oxnard as well. Cowboys are running late, by the way. Cowboys are running late. Yeah. One thing I know for sure, Jack Green does not run late. So they, we know they're there. Um, they'll, he'll be getting us all the details as well as Chuck and Don. They'll be back on Thursday as well. Uh, please download, download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review, give us a five-star rating, give us some feedback, helps us out a lot. Feedback is a gift. Until then, thank you so much for listening to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. We'll see you on Thursday.